We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too good. That was good. Roll on. No, 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 no. The Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there. Welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, probably a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and GSPN. I'm Ty Windish, one of your hosts, joined as always by the extravagant Rohan Kadi. You know, truly, I should I should have thought of a word that means great host, because I thought you and all four of our guests on the Hot or Not All-Star pod did such a terrific job. So if you haven't listened to that, go check it out. But Rohan, good morning. Happy Monday. Good morning. Thank you for the kind words. I mean, uh, I thought it was a good pod. Uh, make sure you guys all check it out uh, wherever you're listening to this or watching this podcast platform choice YouTube. You can uh, make sure uh, you check that pod out as well as everything else GSPN. Check out gspn.info mm. for all the links. Yeah, and what you'll find up top on gspn.info is our contest, our giveaway. It's not a contest, our giveaway to win a signed Bobby Portis jersey. Working with Feeding America at Eastern Wisconsin. You can go to we have their link at gspn.info as well. You can also go to feedingamericawi.org slash Bobby to take part in the peanut butter and jelly challenge. So you donate to make sure kids aren't going hungry, which is obviously a pretty important thing to do. Nearly 20% of Wisconsin's kids are food insecure, which sucks. So give some money, get some shelf-stable foods to help out and make sure the kids are not going hungry in eastern Wisconsin. This is important to Bobby, and it's important to us too. So, uh, And for our giveaway of the Bobby Portis jersey, you all you have to do is get put in your name, email, and screenshots showing you're subscribed to the GSPN podcast. That is this one, Eurostep slash Winning Six, one feed, cruising for a bruising, talk of the tundra, make time for this. Plus, if you want a fifth entry, it's one entry for each of these things. A fifth entry, you can screenshot a donation to Feeding America Eastern Wisconsin. I think their suggested amount is seven. I'm happy to, seven bucks, seven or nine bucks. I'm happy to say that so far our listeners have come in well above that, but appreciate, you know, any amount, which is what, um, the contact at Feeding America told me. So looking forward to seeing 
in the end, how much money is raised? Jordan Tresky, I believe, is matching the number of entries up to a certain amount. I need to go reread what he put. I think I might do something similar. But I think it was, I think it was 250. Yeah, but it's it's um he's for each entry. So even if you don't donate, even if you just listen to the pods, it's a dollar. So go take part in that. Help out a great cause and you know, get yourself a Bobby Buckets jersey. I think the return hopefully coming soon. So very excited about this. It ends next week. So you've got one week. Go enter right now. Go win a Bobby Portis jersey. It's very exciting. Yep, gspn.info for all those links, as always. Uh, but yeah, make sure you enter. It's I, I'm, I'm very happy that we're able to do this giveaway. Be very happy that we're able to partner with an organization like Feeding America Eastern Wisconsin. And uh, shout out to Bobby Portis for supplying the jersey. Shout out to Bobby Portis forever. Um, one last thing up top before we get into our Buck stock market report at the All-Star break this year. We don't have a Giannis update. We know he is going to New York, according to Timmy, Timmy Good Times, Tim Bontemps of ESPN, to get his hand looked at. A lot of people are worried about this. I'm not going to be that worried yet until we actually hear some sort of news about this. Um, but we will update you when we know more. We're doing this early Monday morning. No idea when news will drop, and we didn't want to hold up this pod. So maybe you get an extra pod out of that. Who knows? We'll see what the news is, how dramatic it is, how informative it is. But Rohan, any quick thoughts on that before we get into our pod today? I mean, I think we can talk like maybe for a minute about this, but we we don't have any news like you mentioned. I'm a, I'm a little concerned. Oh, Doctor Almost Rohan. I'm just I'm just anything anything injury related, and it's Giannis, and it's not okay. He's just fine is a little concerning because that's that's mostly what we've gotten in the past is just like oh yeah he's fine he's wolverine he's fine and then it's like oh he's he the bucks obviously weren't pleased with the first round of testing so they're like yeah we need a second opinion yeah i mean my counterpoint though is even though it's all-star and he was a captain i just can't imagine they would let him do as much as he's done the last couple days if it was that bad well like what did he do he dunked with the offhand. But still. He didn't dribble with that hand at all. I mean, he did. A, I thought he did a little bit, but he favored the other one in layup yeah. lines. Because he did the practice, too. Yeah. It was mostly all with his left hand. And, like, it being his right hand is a little concerning. Yeah. I don't know, Ty. I'm just I'm just a little nervous. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of time. I, I, I know some guys have played through wrist stuff before. I hopefully, I really hope it's not something you would have to play through. Chris last season. Yeah. Um, but, and I think like Tatum or somebody as well, maybe this yep. year or last year. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's the end of the world. I, I don't, you know, I, I saw somebody put, I forget who, so apologies, but they have all this time, so if there's any concern, why not go get it looked at by someone who specializes in wrists to make sure? Who knows? I mean, I just tend to think it's Giannis. He's not. He's going to figure out a way to not be out too long, and they've got a lot of time. I mean, the other thing is if it's multiple weeks from when the injury first happened, we're already ba- we're going to be one week down with no more games played. So even if he's out two total weeks, three total weeks, I looked at it today. Three weeks is six or seven games. So if it's that, even if it's that, which I think would be kind of a, not worst case clearly, but kind of a pretty tough scenario, seven games is fine. I think the Bucks will be okay and they'll drop a couple good ones, but 
whatever. It's obviously worth it to make sure Giannis is healthy. So I don't know. My concern level isn't too high, but I feel like people just can't stand any more injuries. So there's some, you know, I think your concern is smart. I think there's some true panicking. I saw somebody already tweeted me, we won't see him again until April. Um, I strongly disagree. Let's just put it that way. I mean, April's four weeks? Five weeks? A little weeks? more. Yeah, five weeks. It's not, uh, it's not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna uh, fan mm. the flames. You're fanning the fan flames. Them. You did it. I'm not, I'm not gonna fan the flames. All I'm saying is we've got, like, we've got like eight weeks until the, until the playoffs start. Yeah. And that's what matters. Yeah. And we've got like 12 weeks until the, or not 12, like 10 weeks until the real playoffs start. I, I think they need to play together before it with Crowder integration and everything. Yeah. They don't, I don't, th- this narrative that they take the regular season easy is not true, by the way. I don't, people keep saying this. Oh, it's not true, it's but not I was saying the first, my, my, my point was the first round isn't real. No, I know that. I know, I know, yeah. but this idea, like, you're not actually a proponent of this, but this idea that, you know, they would just be like, yeah, Giannis, take off until early April just to make sure if they didn't actually think he was that injured. I, I just, it's not true. Like, I don't think, like, I don't think they, they have done anything that should tell you. Oh yeah, the Bucks, they don't want to win games. They don't care about their seed at all. Everything else. The the one piece of evidence of that was the game last year where they could have tried to push for a higher seed and didn't. But like their typical day-to-day regular season, like like they play the guys a lot. Giannis plays a lot. I mean, there's off days, guys get hurt, but I just this narrative that like, oh, they don't care, they're gonna rest Giannis for a month. They've never done that. Um Giannis has never sat out that long. Outside of Chris. And Brooke, with real injuries, no one has really sat out that long. Um, they want guys to play. So I think Bobby and Crowder will be back hopefully pretty soon. We'll see on Chris and Giannis. I wish I was more confident about the Chris and Giannis than about the Bobby and Crowder, but it is what it is. Fair. Fair. Maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just, I don't know, the anxiety is getting to me. Last thing on, last thing on All-Star, yeah. by the way. Uh, I, I had a dream that the Bucks traded for Damian Lillard. So, well, I can see why. I mean, Giannis taking him before Drew after that trade deadline that they just had. I don't think it's nothing. Yeah, I don't. I think mean, it's Lebron's nothing. Lebron's used this format to tamper ever since it's been a thing. So it's like Giannis, jo- join the party. There is no stronger Giannis tampering that we could see than picking somebody before Drew in their pool. That's all I'll say. Yep. That is noteworthy. Yeah. I mean he LeBron could have taken him out of spite. What do you think of the uh, what do you think of the format right before the All-Star? I know you were uh I know you were in and out on that, but um I think it's fine. I thought doing the reserves first was the stupidest thing. Oh my god, no one is gonna figure out that Jaron Jackson Jr. was the last pick. I mean, who was the last pick? I don't know. <laughs> NBA is so smart. I, I just think like uh, like who what, is the are the players concerned about this, or is Adam Silver concerned about this? Because I feel like we've seen the same thing every year. They've said this when they didn't do a pick and draft right before at all, and it's like, who, who like are the are the players really calling up the league office and crying to Kiki Vanderway or whoever? I don't want to be picked last. I'm so I worried mean, last, about being we, picked we last. Got such, we got such good content out of it last year with James Harden getting picked last. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, I, I just think generally, I think it's a good idea to have them pick the teams. I think they should 
probably do it before the practice. It's kind of weird that they practiced not knowing the teams. I I don't know if it yes, really matters. Ty, cause, yeah, because they're, they're really going through drills in that practice. I mean, I think it'd be nice to get them some more time acclimated. I mean, you know, small sample. <laughs> small sample, but the one time they didn't practice with their teams was the worst All-Star game we've seen in years. That's fair. I couldn't watch. I was watching with my fiance, and she was just like befuddled. She was like, why are they doing this? This is stupid. Because it's just like, it was literally no, less than normal defense. Just guys yeah, throwing think, hoops to yeah. themselves. I know it was the first quarter, but it's just like, it was not fun to Giannis watch. Giannis not playing was uh, was a big, kind of Giannis, big factor. Giannis, that. Steph, and KD all not playing hurt I know, but Giannis off. usually sets the tone defensively. Steph is just fun in the game. Steph yeah. is more fun than the rest of the guys. Like, I don't need to see Dame take eight straight, one foot beyond the line, three foot. It's not that entertaining. He wasn't taking half quarters. He was just taking like elbow threes. He like, did. He did make one shot beyond half court. Well, if he made one, but he, like I like the full first quarter was just him bricking elbow threes. And it's like, do you just want to cosplay what it's like to have normal spacing? Come to the Bucks, Dame. You could do this every game. This you don't have to sabotage the All Star game to do this. Nah, that's fair. That's fair. I think we're let's let's move on from All Star because you're right. It it was it was bad. It was very yeah. bad. Uh, Buck stock market. So yes. we're checking in. I believe it's the game 57 mark is the all-star break this year. So the Bucks have 25 games remaining. I did that math freehand. Nice. I feel pretty good about that. Uh, let me check that it is 57. It uh, is. 58. Oh. So they have 24 games remaining. Um, so we're checking in to see, just evaluate the first half results and – we have a piece of business as well. We do. Because there is a new Milwaukee Buck. There's going to be another new Milwaukee Buck, by the way, later this week, one way or another. If it's a 10-day, I don't know if they're going to get a Buck stock market price. I guess we'll see what they do or if they ever could play. Be, it could be A.J. Green. could be A.J. Green. Um, oh, did we not put the two ways? Oh, yeah, we did put the two ways on. Yeah, he's had a good year. Well, So we'll go over all the stocks uh, and we'll determine Jay Crowder's IPO. We'll do that later. But I think – so we, I made a table – showing the differences for everyone from the start of the year till now. And we could start Giannis. He's up to 50. He leads all Buck stock market participants. Drew Holiday, not too far behind. But I think no better place to start when you look at these results, these returns, and look at the year Brooke Lopez has had. We started him off at 10. I know Adam McGee said it was ridiculous at the time. Well, he said it four weeks later, and then I thought it was ridiculous at the time. Maybe say something at the time, Adam. Maybe don't say something in November. Anyway, Brooke starts off at 10, which is low. Now at 32, plus 22, the highest riser of any Milwaukee Buck this season. Cooled off a little bit lately, although he totally dominated the Bulls. So he didn't cool off that much. The last game before the break, he looked maybe as good as he looked all season. You know, what a year for the big fella. And really, what a calming sensation it is. To see him still playing like this, you know, as the Bucks go into another, hopefully, contending playoff run as they go for another title. I think I think him being the highest riser is very fair because I think he's the Buck who's outperformed expectations the most. We figured, like, we, we didn't just set this at 10 for any old reason. We saw... We we saw a guy in his a big guy in his mid thirties coming off a season where he had back surgery, didn't play as much, and even though he looked great when he came back, 
it's it's difficult to expect him to continue that level of play. And not only has he continued that, he's exceeded that time. This might be his best season as Milwaukee Buck. Is it? I think it I might think be. I think it is. Yeah, I think it is. Um, you look at his year over year, and I believe it's the it's the most points he's scored since he was a net. It's the most rebounds he's had since he was a net. So we're talking, you know, going back six, six, seven years here for these statistical categories. Um, 2.4 blocks, which ties his second Bucks season. Um, so right up there, 37% from three is his best season ever. And it's still, you know, there's been ups and downs. I've seen some people be like, oh, you know, the Noah thing was an aberration. It was short-lived. I think sometimes people forget most three-point shooters, it's like it's herky-jerky to get to the end result, right? It's not like you shoot 37% every game, which is probably impossible because I think you have to need a lot of attempts to shoot 37% specifically. But, you know, you shoot 60% one game and 20% the next game. And, you know, that I think Brooke Lopez, you still look at the aggregate over a large sample. I mean, 57 games now. He's missed one game also all year, which helps for stocks if you play that often, but it's still, you know, it's the best shooting we've ever seen from him um, on the most attempts since his, his first year with the Bucks, which means it's his third most ever. Just a great season. Defensively, he looks better than ever, more energized. I think NBA.com had him number one on DPOI leaderboard, so that's in play again for him. And offensively, he's looked better than we've seen him look basically since he was like a first option. You know, Brooklyn Nets all-time leading scorer, you can never really say – this is the best we've ever seen him. Although, I think he certainly contributes to winning now more than he did back then. Got to give this guy some flowers, man. I mean, really, literally went from the kind of player that you would expect to not have a role in the league anymore and put in the work to make him fit perfectly as one of the, you know, it sounds, I know you can't really say this with this word, one of the more unique players in the league, though. I mean, it's, so hard when we've looked around like, oh, what do they do if Brooke leaves or Brooke gets old? We don't know. <laughs> There's not a player out there who's seven feet tall who can defend the rim like that and shoot threes like that. I mean, Jaron Jackson, a, you're yeah, not going to get Yeah, there's only two other guys. Yeah. I, I, in my opinion, it's Jaron and Turner. Yeah. It's it's really only those two. And, like, I, I, don't, I don't know. Turner is probably the better offensive player, but he's the worst defensive player. Yeah. Jaron is a... Probably like his equal defensively, I'd say, except he doesn't, Brooke doesn't foul out of every game. Jaren. Yeah. You get better at that, Jaron. Maybe don't foul and you'll be more than that, higher than the last pick of the All Star draft, Jaron. Brooke averaging. Maybe, maybe don't foul out of games and people will be upset that you're in the All Star game, Jaron. Brooke. I don't know why I just went in on Jaron. Uh, you don't like him, Brooke. I averaging. like Jaron's at. I like no, Jaron Jackson. Like him. You don't I like do. Him well, <laughs> actions speak louder than words, Rohan. Brooke averaging five blocks a game in Memphis, by the way. Oh my God! The home, like the Bucks home. Can we talk about the Bucks statisticians for a second? It's because dangerous. it's the, they have the opposite of home cooking time. Yeah, <laughs> like, they do. Who, whoever it is, might be like a Bulls fan or something. <laughs> I, I just think like they okay. They did the Jaron Jackson review and they found it was legit. Someone do I, the thing is it's much harder because like it's very easy using NBA.com or other resources to just go. I will watch all of Jaron Jackson's blocks and see if they're legit. There's no way to be like, I will just watch every shot Brooke defended at the rim and see which were counted as blocks and which weren't. I, he has to he has to signal it now. 
Does that not tell you that there's a problem with the way his stats are counted? That he literally will block a shot and do this as he runs back down? It looks like he's throwing money with Plum Dog, but uh, it's crazy that he just has to do it. He still doesn't get him counted, but still 2.4 a game for the big fella. Um, tremendous season and a big part of the reason the Bucks are within a half game of the first overall seed. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be also it's going to be a fun race down the stretch. Boston, Denver, Milwaukee yeah. who gets the number one overall seed. You think Denver's coming out? Think Denver's coming out? I I have a sneaky suspicion they're not. I think I would take them as my favorite right now. They remind me of last year and two years ago Sixers teams. No, no, I don't, I don't, I don't agree. Because they have the they have the the. Dominant big man who's capable, who's definitely capable of like leading them wherever they need to go, but the supporting cast is going to let him down. I f- I don't know if I, it's a big year for Jokic because I think Jokic is the kind of guy who can just like kind of be like supporting cast, be damned, I'm going to get it done. But sometimes he just has these games where it's like, eh, I'm going to have 15 assists and 15 points, and it, yeah, you can't do it in the playoffs. So I do think it's going to be because we just know we've seen it with Giannis, right? Like at a certain point when you're the apex guy in the playoffs, and I'm not, he, I'm not, not, I know he knows how to play in the playoffs. He's had good runs, everything else. But yeah, there's sometimes we just have to be like, yeah, okay, no one's hitting. I'm just going to go get 40. And I don't know if he can do that enough to win three series. I don't know. No. So, I, might, are, I, I might, yeah, I was going to say Phoenix is looming large as a giant. Man, I. Mm. I I hope I want Suns Mavs first round so bad. Yeah, Kyrie versus KD, the rematch of last year. I think the Suns would win, but I don't know that the Suns would win. I'll say that. It'd be so funny if the Suns lose. I mean, I don't want to see Kyrie win, but I wouldn't mind seeing Luka beat that team though. I think that'd be hysterical. It would also, be so funny. Also, one last all-star thing. We have learned definitively you can't do mic up on an active player during the game. It sucked. I don't know if you saw this. Oh, <laughs> they had Luca with the mic on, and he was so out of breath right away. And it's like clearly, he's not built to do this. And he said nothing of value the whole time. It was t- like such a boring part of the broadcast. They were like, "Luca, yeah. you're, you're a future Hall of Fame." He's like, "No, I'm not." He's they're like, "Luca, you got to do something." He's like, "I got my two points. I'm good." And he dunked later, but it was just like kind of awkward. And it's just like this isn't baseball. Like on baseball, the All Star game, they do that. It works really well because the guy's just standing there. For most of the time, right? Like basketball, there's just too much happening. Mike up the like, you know, the captains or like a player coach or something like they did D Wade and Giannis in the celeb game. That's good. This this was not good. Yeah, and also another, also uh, last thing on All Star, Giannis. Giannis is amazing. Him him talking to RJ saying you're repping like Mark Davis was amazing. Him fighting the ladder was yeah. just like, incredible. Winner, just winner, incredible. chicken dinner, and Bam looked at him like he was, uh, you know, like a fifty-year-old trying to fit in out there. <laughs> he picked Jaw during the reserves. <laughs> was he not a reserve? No, he was a starter. <laughs> he tried to pick Jaw as a reserve. <laughs> yeah, he had a lot of fun this break. Yeah, Un- unfiltered Giannis during All Star is just the best. Well, speaking of unfiltered Giannis, our leader in overall buck stock market value, sitting at not 49, not 51, a nice coincidence. Giannis at 50, started at 34 at the IPO this year. So he's plus 16, which is third amongst risers. He missed some time. He had kind of a tough December, but it's Giannis. He figures it out. 
you know, he's leading the way for the Bucks on here, as he always does on the court. Um, another tremendous season. I, I think, you know, he got Milwaukee through it without Chris, is what I will say about this Giannis season looking back. And, I mean, we've seen MVPs won before because a player lifted up their team through injuries and, and got them to a, a decent record. This is better than decent, and it's, it's because, better. Than, it's better than a six seed. Yeah, and it's because Giannis just rampaged through the NBA while his guy was out, and you know it's not surprising. We all knew there was going to be no quit in Giannis, but I think certainly shaping up to be an MVP caliber season, even if the straw poll disagrees. He he continues to get better every single year, and it's even though it's not. Like we've we've kind of reached the plateau in terms of like he's not going to add like five points, five rebounds, five assists to his totals. He kind of did like, this year though. I know, but it's, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's he not, added a lot of points. He did add a lot of points. He's leading the league in rebounding. Yeah, uh, like, him and Sabonis keep going back. I think Sabonis might have stolen it right oh, before yeah. All Star, but he's right there. Yeah. Okay, so he's he's either one or two in rebounding. It's. It's mostly like it's a lot of defensive. It's it rebounds on the defensive end. He's not crashing the offensive glass as much, which I think is a good little, good little scheme for the Bucks. They have their guards crash the offensive glass more, so they can have Giannis back in, uh, on defense right yeah. away, which I, I think is really really nice. We'll see what, if that goes up a little in the playoffs. I'm interested to see if they let him go full right. It probably depends on the matchup, but we know he's holding I mean, back a little yeah. bit for these games. Yeah, but I think the offensive rebounding is schematic. Yeah, because it's they'd rather let Giannis and Brooke get back on defense and have the guards go for offensive tap outs than have the guards be back on defense and Giannis and Brooke go for rebounds. Yeah, but they also Bobby does a lot on the offense. He's a big, so I, I could see Giannis yeah. doing a little more there when it's not a not a not a defensive stalwart. <laughs> no, but he's still a big on their team. Yeah, that's I fair. see what you're saying. It's a good point. Grayson and Drew and West do a lot of the the work on there. Pat Mamu, sure. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. 
We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Chase Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. But but no, he's he's been he's been incredibly dominant as always. He's getting better. It's 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 again, it's his best season of his career. Like, yep. I, I think did you see I think it was shared in our Discord, but I believe on the mismatch ringer podcast with KOC, Kevin O'Connor, and, and Chris Vernon. I think according to some advanced data, he's like number one defending both sides of pick and rolls this year. The ball handler and the big. And I know Stat Muse recently shared a thing about he's holding all opponents to the lowest field goal percentage this year. The crazy thing about that is, and I think any true blue Bucks watcher who sees most of the games will tell you, he's not really trying on defense most of the time. I mean, there's so many possessions. Not so many, but there, like every game, you're going to see a couple where somebody shoots to over Giannis because he just doesn't really close out because he's doing so much everywhere else. And he doesn't really turn it on defensively usually until later in the games. And I just got to say, I, I, when I see these things, I kind of sit here and just go, he's coasting and he's like the best defensive player in the league in the regular season while coasting. And we know some of these guys like like a Jaron Jackson, that's their bread and butter. Like that guy's not coasting defensively. Like this is what he does all year. And the Grizzlies so much younger and he does so much less offensively than Giannis. I just think we might see a crazy playoff Giannis defensive postseason. That was my thought from this because I think – I don't know. It just feels like the, the way he's defending the, the ball better before, after, around screens, around the rim. I think his rim numbers are great again, better than ever. I, I just think we're going to see a real locked-in, just crazy strong Bucks defense. I think Crowder is going to help that a lot too. But it feels like Giannis is ready to just totally wreck a playoff series. Yeah, you know, what I think is happening is even though, like, you're right, he is coasting through the regular season, but he has so much respect. Yeah. Like, players fear him. Yeah. You're not going to go challenge Giannis. Yeah. Because it's like... Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, just the Bucks paint when, with their starters in general. Teams are, Most teams are just like, yeah, we can't do that. When Giannis and Brooke are out there, if Brooke is around the rim too, and Giannis is lurking, it's just like, that's hell. And Giannis loves his highlights. We know yeah. that. Like, if he sees an opportunity to absolutely swat someone's shot, he's going to take it. Like, especially on a weak side recovery. Like, you'll see, you'll still see him, like, even though he's, even though he's coasting on defense, you'll see, you still see him dart from the weak side to the strong side and be like, oh, hell yeah, I'm, this is, this, this shot's getting obliterated. Like, you'll, you'll still see that. And you'll still see him take on individual matchups on, like, if he gets a switch onto, like, a, onto, like, a guard or, like, an apex wing. Yeah. He's, he's taking that that assignment. He's, he's like he's taking year. that assignment. He's like, yeah, try your best. Try and score on me right now. I dare you. Like yeah. he still does that, but I think a lot of it is he has 
he's he's built up a fear. Like he, other players are afraid of challenging Giannis because he is a former defensive player of the year. He's a multi-time first team all defense. He's going to be again this season. Like like even though one of his teammates should be defensive player of the year and one of his other teammates has probably should have won it in the past uh and it's it's just like it might not be his best defensive season he's he still has that ability and i think you're right i think we're gearing up for a monster defensive postseason from yana yeah i'm excited to watch it speaking of the other defensive guy let's just start out with the three highest scores the three biggest risers on the buck stock market three two-way players to say the least true holiday starts at 25 now up to 44, gained 19 stocks throughout the year. And I think it's the same reason that he was an all-star this season is that Chris out for, I think, an even 40 games now. Um, Giannis out for about 10 to 11 games. I think you know, he played the Bulls game, so I think it sits at 11 still or 10. Drew carried and made sure that the Bucks didn't you know totally just fall apart throughout those absences and was the first option and was good enough for the Bucks to, again, get through that, get Giannis back, then get Chris back and be in a position to make a run. And that's just winning basketball. We've seen it on both ends. And there's just been some, so many games this year where on both ends, Drew won a game for the Bucks in the fourth quarter, whether it's step back threes, which the step back is just totally unblockable at this point. Like he has mastered that shot. And of course we know the defense. It's, it's not even just like a step back. It's like a side step back too. He moves so much. I, it's like, I, I need to like watch the footwork of that in real time. I got to start busting that out when I go, I go, who can you imagine me? I don't know if I'm touching the rim, if I move that much right before the shot, but maybe if I practice for a couple of years, I can bust that out at a family function or something. Oh my goodness. So you, you got to hit that, make sure it's recorded and then just, just. Tweet out the video. You know the problem? You can't do that around old hoopers. I do that around my dad. He's like, that's a trick. Give me the ball. No, that's a travel. You can't do that. You're not allowed to move with the ball. That's the problem with your shot. It's like it's when it's when Harden originally got it going. Everyone's like, Yeah, what, what are do you that. doing, man? That's, that's a travel. <laughs> no way you can do that. Yeah, I mean, that's you know, fair. That's Harden's a fair definitely one. taking something where he's taking 10 step back. But talk about you anyway. Yeah, no, like you said, Drew's just been absolutely elite. Uh, it, deserving all-star, even though he didn't want to be there. Uh, likes his vacations. <laughs> he likes his vacations. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's very funny that Drew has been like openly like, man, why haven't I been an all-star again? And then yeah. when he gets it, he's like, man, I don't want to be here. I just want the title. Yeah. <laughs> like, like the recognition of it. <laughs> I don't actually want to be here. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame him. Go to Utah, play nine minutes, has to do the skills challenge. He must have been pissed when Giannis is like, I need you to do the skills challenge. Nobody I did not watch. This, I did not watch. I never I never watched that night anymore. And I, if I did, I, I mean, I, I'm like, I'll see who won the threes. I don't need to watch NBA players. The dunk threes. contest was good. Yeah, I heard. But it's like I can just watch Mac McClung's dunks. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, it's cool. I think it's cool that they're like, yeah, we'll put in anyone who's good at dunking and wants to do it because Ja Morant and other players these days are cowards and they don't want to do it. And you can, Ja, tough talking Ja, I'll never do it. Why won't you do the dunk contest? Giannis did it. LeBron should have yeah. done it. Like, there's, we've seen great players do the dunk contest. I think it's cowardly. Jordan, that he doesn't Jordan won it. Yeah. Vince Carter. Like, there's been some great ones. And. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, I, I know. I mean, it was a great dunk contest. Yes, that's for sure. For sure. Um, but but Drew Holiday, getting back to Drew Holiday. Yeah, yeah. 
he's continuing to play all world defense. I can't say enough enough about Drew. And what I think is very important about this season is, like you mentioned, he's had to carry a bigger load offensively. I think that's going to prepare him for mm. what happens during the postseason, which like it's become a pattern now, twice as a pattern, uh, where it's just he he's, his offensive efficiency efficiency wow just completely falls off a cliff uh, during the postseason, and hopefully that's not the case this year. The other thing I'm encouraged by is he's shooting more threes than ever, and I'm hoping that also can help maintain more rhythm in the playoffs. Six point three threes in his 33 minutes, which is a career high for Drew Holiday. So hopefully that can help his consistency from beyond the arc. But yeah, the defense, I mean, like that Boston game where it's like, you just can't like, there's, there's very, very few, I think probably since Kawhi right now, Drew is the only one. You just can't dribble against him late in the game. Like you just can't do that. Like you, you're going to give the ball away if you do that and not like a missed shot, like he will take the ball from you. I don't think we've seen a defender like that since Kawhi, and that's what Drew is doing right now. He is he is becoming that guy. He's always been that guy, but it's more and more prominent now. I, I, he's really mastered. I mean, we talk about the step back. He's mastered the that move steal. that Eric Names wrote about. Yeah. yeah, the bump steal. Like he just does it constantly. Like it's like you, you have to be a little reckless to try and dribble against him at this point. Mm-hmm. And especially like trying going one way on a dribble. Like yeah, you, like Drew Holiday's attached to you, and you still want to dribble. Like yeah. It's your own fault. Yeah. Like your coach is probably upset as you upset with you as soon as you do it. It's like it's it's not even like Drew did a good job. It's like why are you such an idiot and yeah. like actually trying to do this? That was reckless of you. I, I think what yeah. they should work on down the stretch here is not switching unless teams really make you. Because not that not that like they can go without weak links now late in series. And I think the strong personnel will help with this. It's not about weak links. It's about, like, make them go through Drew if they need to hit a big shot late. And I think one of the most annoying things is they'll still give up switches too easily. Like, don't give a team Pat if they want Pat unless they really make you do it, right? Like, make make them really work for it. I hope we see more of that. Anyway, next biggest riser. Kind of a surprise. Bobby Portis. Uh, Yeah. Hasn't played in a while, but... He has not played in a while, but when he was playing, he was an elite double-double machine. Yeah. Should be one of the leading candidates for sixth man of the year. Somebody asked, uh, can Russ still win? Why? Why was he ever? They suck. They do. They hate him. LeBron wanted him traded all year. What about that sixth man of the year? How? What's the it's calculus? Like, no, he, was, he was coming off the bench. A and lot of players do that. Is that his no, only qualification? No, 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 Ty, Ty, you don't understand. Russell Westbrook was he was the sixth man for the Lakers. Yeah, that's it. That's the. That's, it's insane that it, like it shows you media is busted that they're just like yeah I guess Russell Westbrook like if you just say Brogdon sure a real candidate at least Bobby Portis not being top three or four the whole year in that discussion. Shows you that we are just not right as NBA media in covering the league. Because Russ just never deserved to be there. Anyway, Bobby Buckets. Yeah. And kind of impressive. This this much rise. Hasn't shot the ball well all year. No, but the thing is he's found really produ- like ways to be productive. Like yeah. we mentioned, he's been doing the dirty work on the boards all season long, which is why he was averaging a double-double off the bench. He's that type of guy who it's like, He'll get you a bucket if you need to. 
Yep. Like the, the, every team needs a guy like that, and Bobby Portis is the guy for the Bucks who goes and does that. Like you're like, okay, end of, end of the possession, like shot clock's winding down. It's like, okay, someone needs the ball. Someone go get a shot right now in the next three seconds. Bobby will do that. Yeah. He's, a, he's a guy capable of doing that. I, I think he's going to have an even better latter part of the year. Because you look at it's such it was such a bad time for the shot troubles and hopefully I mean if that comes together then certainly I'm not even baking that in. I think Chris being back will make that much less important for the Bucks. I mean you think about I think it's really impressive that we we gave him plus eleven over the course of the season from fourteen to twenty five, and he didn't find a shot at a time Chris wasn't really playing. So you know the spacing is worse. So he's out there with you know a lot of Giannis, a lot of Brook. Without Chris to help space the floor, and he was still that positive of a factor. Um, I think still, still coming along defensively too. I mean, you just he can't drop as the lone big. But I do think like there's these series where, and these matchups where it's like, oh, Brook can't play, and Bobby really couldn't play either. Bobby closed Finals games against Phoenix. Like Bobby can switch okay. It, it's the when you ask him to drop that he's I think really a problem. So I think we're gonna see him more. In like a Clippers matchup or whatever. I don't know if he closes those, but I do think we'll see him more as like, uh, you know, I'll stand in front of Kawhi. Kawhi will get a shot off. I'm not going to, you know, block him, but I'm not just going to get totally dusted. I think those matchups are better for Bobby than people think. And I think he kind of struggled against Boston for the same reason Grayson did. They just needed too much from him offensively. I think you watch, so I, think, I certainly think doing those pods and talking about it live. We weren't like, oh, Bobby's defense is atrocious. Like, Bobby just wasn't able to score enough in that series. His defense was fine. And I think he even argued that, was that during the playoffs or whatever when he said that? I think it was, yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see him back. Um, who do you want to talk about next? Should we do the last double-digit riser and then just bounce around? Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Like, some of the biggest risers, we've got Javon Carter, who started at 6 and then is now at a 16. Yeah. I think it's it's a testament to him being, one, the Bucks Iron Man, playing in every single game for the only guy to play every single game for the Milwaukee Bucks this season. He continues to be one of the leading three-point shooters on the team. I believe he leads the, leads the team in three-point percentage. All-world defender, Mr. 94 feet himself. It's... It's just he's been like he's been a little up and down like his his start of the season was incredible like as he was a starter before uh Chris came back the first time. Yeah. Uh and then once he moved to the bench it's been a little up and down and ever since he like he's become like during that December period it was like oh let's is is did, did Javon just catch lightning in a bottle for a few months but no he's he's settled into he's his back. role. Yeah. He's he's back his shooting has returned. And it's just like you're, you know, you're always going to get the defense. It's just about the steady production from Javon. Yeah. Because as this team gets healthier, you have to say, like, oh, Javon, we're not going to ask you to be running a ton of pick and rolls. Uh, we're not going to ask you to be a focal point offensively. How can you still find ways to contribute? And he's finding that he's finding ways to leverage his gravity, his shooting gravity on the offensive end. He's, um, like taking advantage of guys defensively. It's just, it's, it's beautiful to watch. He's turned himself into a real, real production like role player, which is just a great testament to his work ethic and like him as a player throughout his entire career, like being like signed, traded, released multiple times. And it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, he's found a like a good role on a championship contender in the Milwaukee Bucks. And I think that's something worth celebrating. Put some respect on A.J. Green. 
the Bucks' leading three-point shooter, Rohan. AJ at 42.9%. Javon right there at 41.7%. I don't know if he, I don't know if he has enough shot attempts for it to actually qualify. Um, how many minutes? How, let's, let's see how many attempts for AJ. I mean, most of his shots are threes. He, he has 77. So I'll, I'll say, fine. If it doesn't count, it doesn't count. Um, Javon leads the Bucks in a stat I did not expect. Assist to turnover ratio. 2.6 assists, I believe, to 1.1 turnovers, which is number one on the team in terms of that, that ratio. I think George Hill might have been a little higher, but George Hill, unfortunately, no longer on the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, we're happy about Jay Crowder, but sad about George Hill departing. Um, but yeah, I just think, I also think, I mean, I think that going to the bench, maybe that disrupted him. I mean, he's also a role player and role players are just kind of streaky. That's just the nature. And I, I think even within games, we see this from Javon and I think, I, I still think, I know I've said this on a recent pod, or maybe, I don't know where I said this, but I, I think sometimes fans ride the roller coaster a little too closely with him, and it'll be like, he'll start out three for three, and they'll be like, oh my God, Javon, he's so great, and then he'll miss his next three shots, and you know it's like, oh my God, Javon, they need to go find a buyout guard, he can't play, and it's like, fellas, that's 50% shooting, that's fine, like that's... That's how players even out. Like, it's not a big deal. And he's still, you know, the defense is great. Like, I don't think that's a spot you look at and go, we need to upgrade from this guy. I do think, however, a little intriguing that Pat Bev is still just chilling and, you know, the Bucks. it would behoove them to wait until basically right before their next game on Friday to sign someone. We'll see. Just saying that they need to sign someone. He's still there. Uh, Giannis apparently told him he wanted him to come to Milwaukee uh, a while back. Couple of years, at least a year back, but we'll see. Who knows? But very happy with Javon's play, and I think you know the the ups and downs have evened out to a strong season. And you look at between that OKC game and the Bulls game, I think there's more. It's at least two games that basically Javon won them. Like without Javon, they don't win. Like clearly, they don't win. That's more than I think you usually see from like a bench role player. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's kind of average, but. I think there's, you know, a couple games where clearly they needed him. That's pretty cool that he's able to have that much impact, even if it's not night to night. Yeah. I have a question for you. Do you think he's firmly in the playoff rotation? Yeah, I do. I mean, I don't think he's firmly in the second half game seven, but I think at this point he's firmly in the playoff rotation. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like during the Boston series last year, it's like, why isn't Javon Carter playing? And some of it's fair. Do you think that actually comes to the heat itself well i think i think it's fair but i also think there's such a huge difference a guy who came in mid-season you know to an entrenched team versus someone who was then brought back all of camp preseason all year has made this impact for much longer has started games this year he's currently seventh i think in in minutes per game and obviously it's a little noisy like chris will pass him but he's playing as many as Ingles, who I think is now pretty much up to speed. He was playing more than Hill, more than West. You know, you go down the list. Yeah, I'm pretty confident that he's going to play in every series. You know, do I think he may get faded out as the series goes? Potentially. I don't know if he should, but I think he certainly could. But I, I think Crowder will add a little noise to this. But I think he's going to end up in the top eight. I think I trust him more game to game than Ingles at this point. I do too. I do too. Ingles, Ingles against Boston, Ingles against Clippers. 
I, we, we, you know, we kind of we, earlier we were like, yeah, we enjoy the offense. And what I guess we can say what Ingles' stack is while we're talking about him. He's up to a four. He's plus two. He was higher than this. The defense is just going to be an issue. And I mean, I know he was asked about it. He said, I'm going to fight, whatever. That's good. I mean, he's just getting, he just get totally torched from time to time. Yeah. He's, he's bringing a knife to a bazooka fight in yeah. terms of fighting. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's been a little tough. So I, I think he can still help them. I mean, you see him hit threes and the ball movement is great with him on the court. I, I don't think he can close any, any playoff game though, which is, you know, fine. He doesn't need to. They don't need him to. I'm a little, I'm, I'm getting a little concerned, Ty. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he's just getting cooked repeatedly. Yeah. And it's not fun. It's not no. fun to watch at all. And it's like, okay, this guy, like, he's a smart defender, but he just doesn't have any of the physical tools at all. Like, it's the being foot intelligent, speed. He's, he's it, got strength yeah. and length. He doesn't have the foot speed. Yeah, like, that'll only get you so far. But it's like, like you said, against a Celtics team, against a Clippers team, against a Sixers team, against a Cavs team. What if he gets switched onto, like, Donovan Mitchell or Bud, Tyrese Maxey? Remember Bud did that on purpose? Oh my god. He was man. guarding Spider. It did not go well. <laughs> it did not go well at all. I forgot. I, I think you'd honestly I what they need to do and the, what they usually do, I think like like the 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 smaller and even bigger fours, like I think you put him on a four, you're not that worried. Like the Cavs. If he's on Evan Mobley, I feel pretty good about that, honestly. Like Evan Mobley is bigger, but Ingles is strong and he's a smart defender. That's okay. But then if he's on one of those guards, even like Isaac Okoro, if he's got the ball, that might – I mean, Okoro, I'd hope he can kind of hold up, but certainly the guards. And obviously we know the issue with just, oh, yeah, just put him on a four is teams are going to bring that four over and he's going to screen for the ones and twos and that's where you get a problem. So I think concern is fair. I mean, I think he's helped out a bit this season. I think he's going to continue to play, but I think – you know, even Javon, who at certain points, like late against Boston, Derek White just kind of going through him, right? Like he's just still – he's small. He can't do anything about it. I, you still trust him to at least poke the ball out or make it hard more than Ingles, who is not even hanging with guys on their way to the rim, which is tough. Yeah, it is tough. Who's a better defender right now, A.J. Green or Joe Ingles? Oh, man. Oh, no. I think – you know what I want to say? I mean, I don't think you're wrong if you say AJ. I think it's AJ. I don't know if it functionally matters, but... Baby Bird or Jingles? I don't know. I I, I don't know if I said it on a pod. I put it in the Discord. I was first to the Baby Bird thing because you just get those vibes, man. You Not were? from his play, but just from his from demeanor. From his shot? His Maybe shot, his, his demeanor. Did you see J.J. Redick almost fight Mad Dog on live TV when he said Larry Bird's the greatest three-point shooter of all time? (laughs) Who's Mad Dog? He's this ESPN guy they roll out to give J.J. Redick aneurysms. I think, yeah, wait, I've never heard of Mad Dog before. He just goes out there and he's like, listen, Larry Bird is the greatest three-point shooter ever. And J.J.'s just like, we have the numbers. We have the makes. We have the attempts. We have the percentage. You you didn't watch. You didn't watch him in 88. You don't understand. It's amazing. I, I love when they make JJ talk to basketball simpletons. It's really funny. <laughs> it's like, yes, this 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 guy. Because the guy who doesn't know what they're talking about in terms of three-point shooting is JJ Reddick. Reddick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, a couple quick ones here. Um, 
Wes Matthews, I think, is plus two, but has been – no, he he beat the allegations for now that he's washed is what is yes. the story of the year. Pat Connaughton at like a modest plus seven, sitting at 21. I just feel like it's been the most ho-hum. Pat, and not in a bad way. Not in a bad way. I'm not underwhelmed. I'm like perfectly whelmed with what we've seen from Pat. A couple of nice finishes, a couple of big games. I think overall his best shooting this season still in front of him. But just like a very solid Pat season. Solid Pat season. So what are your thoughts on those two wings for the Bucks? Yeah, I think Wes Wes it was a little like, ooh, ooh, Wes, Wes, what's uh what's going early. on here? But yeah, but now now that he got some rest, he got some time off, wasn't in the rotation for a while. Now he's like, oh yeah, Wes is actually playing really well. He made everyone question, like, hey, do the Bucks need Jay Crowder? We have Wes Matthews here. But uh no, Wes is uh Wes has been good. Pat, it's been a little like He's been solidly Pat Connaughton, like you mentioned. Like I think, I think it's good to say that his best shooting's in front of him because hopefully it is. Uh, we know he's he's a capable shooter, uh, even though it's not like percentage wise is like best shooting season. Like late in games, it's like Pat Connaughton's taking the three. I'm like, yeah, that's cash. Yeah, that's absolute cash. Yeah, I, I think he's at thirty five point four percent. Chris is at twenty eight point nine percent. I feel like both of those are worse than they felt this year. I'm not all that worried. I, I still buy both guys as plus shooters when the Bucks need them to be. Um, we didn't really talk about Chris yet, I suppose. Obviously, he hasn't played as much. He's plus three, up to 25 on the year. Had his worst game maybe ever as a Buck against Memphis, but has looked great in the return. So that's been really nice. In the second return, hopefully there doesn't need to be a third return. Um, and that's been nice to see. But, of course, the story with Chris is injuries, unfortunately. Yeah, it's just been a, like he hasn't had any chance to really separate. He's not even us. He has. He's not even starting yet. It's just. Yeah. It's still. He's still working his way back. Um, Should we talk about your yeah. son quickly? Yeah, Grayson Allen. I met he's, Marjan oh. actually, but Grayson. They, they both. Uh, Grayson had a much better year. Grayson against Boston looked like he could maybe beat the allegations. I think he can. I think he can because, like, I, I've mentioned this this entire season. He's finding other ways to contribute. Like, yeah. if his shot's not falling, he's still a productive player on the court. And that's the difference between this season and last season against Boston. Against Boston, his shot wasn't falling. And it's like, okay, now what? Now yeah. what do I do? Now he's actually finding ways. He has the ball in his hands. He's making good reads. He's playing good defense, like better defense. He's more active. Yeah. He's crashing the glass. He's leveraging his athleticism to do things that other guys can't really do on the court. I, it's it's He's being productive. He looks physical out there. That's yeah. the word I would use to describe his game this year. Physical. More tap outs. What he was doing against Boston, creating the contact to generate free throws. At the clip, he shoots free throws. By all means, Grayson. Like He was doing the bump to great effect. And I hope we see him really – I would like to see him do that a couple times a game throughout the rest of the year. Like really hone that. Because if he's, he, like a, he's a big dude. He's a big – he's strong. I mean we've seen him take out guys. We've seen him do enough DVTs around the rim to know he's got that functional strength. Um, and, and if he's able to like you know get someone into your airspace, like get someone around your shooting pocket and draw those fouls, like he should be a merchant, man. Because he shoots 90 plus percent, one of the best free throw shooters in the league. And that's always a way that you can slow down the game, give Giannis a couple seconds to rest, right, and not get him at the line. And just generate easy points. I mean, we know that he's going to cash probably both of them with the percentage he shoots at like 90 what percent. I mean, it's above I think 90. It's like, eight, 
Is it above 90? I thought it was 89 point something. Uh, maybe it dropped. No, he's 90.4. Oh. Yeah, so Chris actually 93.2 in, in much smaller sample this season. But um, So, yeah, I've been impressed by him. Marjan plus seven. There's still a kerfuffle every time he doesn't play for a couple games, which I don't really understand. Um, he's not good enough to play every night when the team is healthy. I agree. But he's had a fun season. He he's a learning. Lot. He's like, learning. It is what it is. And if, if he wants out because he's not going to play every night on a contender, I think that's I, – I, A, I don't think that's true. And B, I think that's a fundamental misunderstanding by him of the NBA process. Yes. He is also a rookie. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's a rookie. He was picked in the 20s. And he's had a fun season. He showed some real flashes. Yeah. Night to night, he still has killed their net rating and because he's, you know – doesn't shoot the ball that well. Turns it over a bunch. Fouls a lot. Has had some great moments. I'm really excited about his future. By no means should he play every night for the Milwaukee Bucks as they try to win a championship in his rookie season. I think both of those things can be and are true. Yep. We have uh, we have one more thing we need to talk about, Ty. Crowder. Yes. Let's talk about Jay Crowder. We have to set in uh, in an in IPO for him uh, like uh, we did at the beginning of the year for all of these players. Uh, also, if you're confused, go to gspn.info and go to the Bucks. Scroll stock down market. a little. There's a yeah. lot going on, but scroll down a little. Find Buck Stock Market. We at Eurostep Podcast tweets it out after the end of every game. Yeah, you get an up stock if you were good, a down stock if you were bad, and nothing if you were as expectation. So you know, Giannis putting up 28 and 10, maybe not an up stock, even though it would be for pretty much anyone else because he's Giannis and his stock value is already 50. So. Quick refresher on that. But yeah, we need a Crowder IPO. What are you thinking? See, it's it's should we do it based on what we set everyone now, or is do it set based on what the market is now? I mean, it's mid-season, so I think we have to do market now. My question is, or I mean, I think we should probably we have to set it. So are you looking at the IPOs is helpful? You know, I was thinking somewhere between like eight and ten. Oh, okay. Is that lower than you thought? It's higher than I thought. Oh, I mean, we put Javon at six and Wes at ten coming in. Yes, but and if those we're are guys at what... we expected to play every night and have big roles. That's fair, but I'm I'm looking at what the market stands like right now. And if you put him at an eight or ten, that's higher than Pat. That's higher than Grayson. What? I'm being dumb right now. What are I'm you talking? Great. Pat's at 21. Grayson's at 17. <laughs> ignore what I just said. I was <laughs> ignore what I just said. Eight to ten is just fine. <laughs> I was like, I'm looking at the data. Like, well, they both started higher than that. <laughs> I think Pat started at 14. I'm not going to put him at 14. Eight, eight to ten is just fine. I, I feel good about ten. I mean, that's where Grayson came in right after we saw the worst Grayson series. That was our last hoop. We saw from him. West came in at 10, and that was one of the better West series, but also we factored in age there and, and everything else. So I think 10 is pretty reasonable. Yeah. Comes in higher than Javon, which I think that's probably the toughest part. But I think – I mean we, we've talked about is Crowder going to start? So I think 10 is pretty reasonable. Javon's higher than 10 right now. Now he is. At, at IPO, he was 6. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. But we also expect a little more from Jay Crowder. We do, exactly. So I feel good about 10. And let's see. Hopefully, you know, he can raise from that pretty quickly. Yeah. We have to we have to retire uh we have to retire good old 
Jordan I Wara, George Hill. I, I moved Surge and Wara down on our sheet for this pod, but I forgot on Hill, and it made me sad mid-pod when I realized. Um, one last thing. Mike Budd, minus five. I just think anytime it's a frustrating year, Budenholzer is going to suffer. I also don't think he's had a great year, but I, I think like if the team pisses you off, it's probably going to cause Bud, even if it's not all on him, which I think usually it's not. But that's the way it goes as a coach. TA minus one is pretty tough, too. Yeah. Worst season. Hurts to say. Well, I think it's not been good. Is he too focused on the analysis? And is it costing his on-court production? I don't think that matters. <laughs> it's a, I don't know if it actually means anything. Uh, unfortunately, I love you, Thanasis. I'm your biggest fan, but it's, it's been it's been rough up there. I think in his past Buck seasons, it was like, yeah, he's a defensive, useful player. You can go and last season, I was asking him to get actual playing time. Yeah, this season the tape has not been good. The tape has been awful, but this is yeah. the tape you, like, use to, like, start a fire. Yeah. It's been, it's been tough. And not because I, of hot way, shooting. That, and that's because... a weird way to say you should like the tape. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think we yeah, talked been... about literally everyone, except Horst, plus one. Good trade deadline. Yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe they sign someone good in the next week. We give them another one. It's hard as a GM on the Buck stock market, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the buyout, the buyout should maybe uh, get him a little higher, maybe lower. Yeah. Do you think the Bucks should have been in on Kevin Love? No, he's not good. Yeah, I do think. I, I I think two things. I know you have an out soon. The Cavs letting him go to an East team is really dumb. One they could see in the first round of the playoffs. That just screams like revenge series potential to me. And I'm not that worried about it, but I'm also like, I don't want that to happen. I'm not excited about that. Yeah, um, I but, saw I saw someone tweet that it's the rare. Uh, Rare uh, buyout where a guy gets bought out and goes to a worse team. Yeah, it's it's really unusual. And it's like I know he just wasn't playing, but he wasn't that far down their rotation, I thought. I, I don't know. I, and now the Heat apparently might start him because they're also signing another big I, Cody Zeller. That that's that speaks more to the Heat. It does. But I think I, what I like about this situation, one of these teams is going to be very disappointed. And I don't have to make a prediction – I can just sit back and wait and see which one and then laugh at them. Either yes. the Heat, like, ha, 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 you thought this guy you got bought out was going to be that good? Or the Cavs, ha, 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 you bought out a franchise legend and now he's helping the Miami Heat go after you in the standings and potentially play you in the first round. Yeah, it'll be it'll be fun uh, fun regardless of the outcome. But, uh, yeah, Cody Zeller, is he getting signed by the Heat too? Yeah, apparently. Wild. The Heat, yeah. Heat are unserious. Uh, Pat Riley's clearly lost the juice. Like since they got Jimmy, what? Like look at all their moves. It's like they they drafted. That was before I think they had Tyler Hero. They got Tyler Hero around that point. That was a good pick. Kind of got a little lucky, like they did with Bam. But outside of those draft picks, like oh, you got Kyle Lowry, and he is immediately washed. Oh, this deadline, you uh dump Dwayne Dedman so you can sign Kevin Love, who again was bought out, and Cody Zeller, who is a Zeller. Like yeah. Okay, I, it's South Beach. Look out! Oh, they might. What is Kemba Walker going to go there next? Be careful! Oh no, no, reunite. They're in reunite play for love us. And Westbrook. Yeah, UCLA guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it also speaks that they had part of their mid level to use still. Yeah, and they're using it on Kevin Love. 
Yeah, which is wild and not something that usually happens. I think the last time that happened was the Lakers and Andre Drummond. They're quietly very cheap. Not quite. They are very cheap. Yeah. They they like wouldn't Mickey have done Harrison this if they didn't. Doesn't want to doesn't want to do it. I mean, I wouldn't spend on a non-contender either, and they clearly are that. Last thing, Russ goes to the Clippers. They lose in the first round. Sign sealed, delivered. Book it. Really. Russ took 40 more shots than Paul George the last time they were on a team together in the playoffs. And, oh, guess what? They lost in the first round. That's when Paul George is an MVP candidate as well. Yeah, but he got clamped by Joey Jingles in that series. But nonetheless. Playoff P. That was the birth of Playoff P. Playoff Panny. But you look at at the West bracket. They're going to have to play a good team. I could see the Kings beating them if Russ is on the Clippers. Ooh, that would be spicy. Can you imagine the Kings beating the Clippers? I would. I I am gonna root for them harder than any team besides the Bucks Light in the, the first beat. round. Like the beat. I just it's think just amazing. They've just had they they have had a true like not homegrown because obviously they traded for Sabonis, but like you know they they don't appeal to free agents. Like they've just had to make these little moves and upgrade and you know believe in Fox and get a good coach in there. Mike Brown's been great, and it's like I I just really like what they've done. And love I would, Mike Brown. would love, love to Mike see Brown. them. Would love to see them send home the Clippers or imagine they beat the Suns in the first round. Like, oh my God. Ty, Ty, the amount of smack I would talk on the internet. Uh, the amount of I smack I would talk on Al Gore's internet if, yeah. if the Kings beat the Suns in the playoffs. It would be like, oh my God. Do you like the, the meme of Luca looking at Devin Booker? But imagine that times a billion. If the imagine Kings it's Sabonis looking at him. <laughs> imagine if it's imagine if it's Harrison Barnes looking at it. <laughs> like, do you, do you what what percentage chance if the Lakers end up eight post play in, do you give them against the Nuggets? Zero. I don't think it's zero. I think it's I think they're they're they suck. We, we've we've gone over this a million times with them. There's a billion Lakers ifs. There's too many to ever rely on them. Certainly if, to get out of the West. But if LeBron and AD are healthy and playing, I'll give them a puncher's they chance. They have a puncher's chance. That's all, yeah, that's what I mean. I don't even know if they're going to make the play. And they're still 13th in the West, which is kind of an issue when there's 24 games or whatever left. But um, if those and guys LeBron are hurt well, his hand in the All-Star game. He was hurt going in. I don't know what to make of LeBron right now. Um, but if those guys are – I mean, we, they, they handled the Nuggets last time that they seemed undermanned against the Nuggets. I don't think they'll do it again. I think LeBron and AD are worse and Jokic is better. I would be interested to watch that series. First round in the West could be incredible. Yeah. It could be It could be a movie. Could I think it will movie. be, actually. I mean, just the amount of teams that think they're going to go to the Western Conference Finals does not add up to the amount of teams that can. The amount of teams that are, uh, think they go into the Conference Finals does not, like, compute to the amount of teams that will get out of the first round. Yeah. Like, uh, some of those teams are going to lose in the first round. I can't wait. I mean, it's going to be quite the summer, um, seeing what kind of shakeups happen there. Like, how many teams How many teams think they can make the Conference Finals? Denver? Yep. Memphis? Yep. I don't think Sacramento. No. I, when I, I listed out, I think there's, like, five. So, I, so there's, Clippers. like, seven. There's seven, I think, that think they could should at least get past the first round. And I left out Sack because I think Sack is just happy to qualify for postseason basketball. Yeah. So we got Denver, Memphis, Clippers, Suns, Mavs, Warriors? Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%. Warriors and Lakers? I would include Lakers. Want... I would include yes. I, I think it's a failure to them if they don't – if they miss the playoffs or don't make the second round. Yeah. So that's that's seven teams. Three yeah. of those teams at least are not going to make it out of the first round. I mean Pelicans? 
I, it depends on. I know it's, it's health. They might just be like, oh, whatever, we're hurt. I, I mean, the Timberwolves. Did you list the Wolves? No. They just went all in on a player in his thirties and gave up all their draft capital. If they Mike lose Conley? in the first round, two of them. If they lose in the first round, I think that's horrible for them. I think Cat's gone if they do that. Yeah. I think I think it's all a cat. Like, I, would I, you want cat for like a pennies on the dollar? No, I no on the on the hot or not pot, I went in on cat. Yeah, I was like, this is it's. It, I'm all the way out on cat. If it was yeah. pennies on the dollar, maybe. But, but I mean, like, with salary, it's never truly going to be pennies on the dollar. It's got to be like Chris, probably. Which at, yeah. at that point, hell no. Or Chris yeah. is expiring, sign and trade, whatever. I Same don't though. think the Wolves are going to make it out of the first round. No, hell no. They're eight right no. now. They're a playing team. No. They're not going to beat the Nuggets or Grizzlies. Yeah, they might not make it out of the playing. Yeah. I mean, if Warriors and Lakers... I mean, the Thunder. I could see the Thunder beating the Wolves. Shea is that dude. Shea is better than Ant or anyone on the Wolves. Yeah, he is. 100%. He's an all-star for sure. And I mean, I know Ant was an all-star, but he's a injury replacement. Yeah. I think the Thunder could be better than the Grizz within like two years. Ooh, okay. Is that spicy? I think so. I, I mean, it Probably is considering is. where each where both of these teams are now. Like Memphis is second in the West. Uh, Thunder are like 10th or something. Yeah. Like, so nah, just yeah, based 10th. on that. Yeah. Just based on that, it's spicy. But I don't think it's that spicy. Like, Shay's, Shay's that dude. Giddy is coming into his Jay own. Like, Jay Dog. Jay Dog is, is Oh, my God. I watched that, that Kenny, LeBron Kenny Hustle. Good player. I mean, they're getting Chet back. They're going to have yeah, they're like getting 100 Chet. more picks. Yeah, and they can package they can package like a lot of picks for someone. I like they, who's the next kept, start? Joel Embiid. Everyone kept saying Luca. If I'm them though, I'm, everyone kept saying I gave it away. Everyone kept saying KD. They should trade for KD. It's like no, he's old. I, I think they should trade for someone in their twenties. I think Embiid certainly. We'll see what happens with the Sixers this year or Luca down the line. Although right now. The co- the Kyrie thing is working early, as it always does. We'll see how that goes. Long term. It's the life cycle yeah. of a Kyrie trade. Yeah. Okay. But the the Thunder, man, I, I don't know. I'm really high on the Thunder. I said they could have two I said they will have two all stars. That's my bold prediction next year. Oof. I don't know which two, that, but Yeah, one of them's Shea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of them's Shea. One of them is either probably Giddy or J Dub. I don't think Chet hits the or ground Chet? running. What if it's Chet? Uh, rookie All Stars are really. I don't even know if LeBron made it his first year. Yeah, I don't think he did. I think Shaq was the last one. Yeah, or so, maybe Blake. I mean, I mean technically. well, yeah, technically. Um, I don't think Chet is going to hit the ground running that hard. I think it'll be J Dub or, or Giddy. Giddy is like Giddy learned how to score, which is kind of terrifying. Because he's already been like a point forward and like a ridiculous passer yeah. who sees the game super well. But he was like he's just big. I was like, oh, he's one of those Ben Simmons guys where he'll score some points, but he doesn't really want to shoot. Now he's like, no, I'm just going to go score at the rim and shoot a little bit. And it's like, oh, that's scary. That's like a really scary player to have next to Shea and J Dub, and, and they just need competent bigs. And I think they draft or sign another one. They get Chet. It's like, okay, that's a really good team now. Isaiah Joe is, is one of the best shooters in the league. Yeah, should have been in the three point contest. Should have been a sixer, but they had to clear room for who they they just signed Dwayne Dedman. Yeah, they did. But they cut Isaiah Joe way before that. I know, I know, but roster spots are roster spots. Yeah, Dwayne Dedman. 
I remember when I thought he was the perfect center for the Bucks before they got Brooke Lopez. Well, before his Heat era, he was looked at as like a stretchy guy, and that just totally yeah. went away. Yeah. If we're talking about Dwayne Dunn, yeah, yeah, no, great bucks. Let's wrap this up. Say thank you for listening to this episode of the Eurostep here on Blue Wire and GSPN. Uh, make sure you check out gspn.info for not only the stock market, but our Bobby Portis autographed jersey giveaway, as well as Feeding America Eastern Wisconsin's links. Uh, and also on gspn.info, you can find links to all things GSPN, all of our podcasts, Substack, Discord, uh, repod, all that fun stuff. It, it's a, it's a good time over at gspn.info, all things gspn. Make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening to this, watching this YouTube podcast platform, which leave a five star rating and review. Pod random, and we will talk to you next time. Whether you're a world class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well being and proper recovery for top notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.